For many of us, turning 18 is exciting. It's the magic number that says you're an adult. It means freedom. For youth in the foster care system, turning 18 is scary. That's when they officially age out. It's a vulnerable age. Freedom just looks very different for a foster kid. They're entering adulthood, sometimes without the life skills they need to be self-sufficient. Most of the time, without a caring adult to guide them. And always with the deck stacked against them. By the age of 18 years old, 20% of kids in foster care will find themselves instantly homeless. When you're sleeping outside, the only bed is, you know, that bench or that floor. You got animals, other homeless people, you know, you don't know what their intentions are. There have been a lot of sleepless nights, you know. This is Mohammed. We're proud to say he is now a high school graduate since we last heard from him. Before becoming homeless in high school, Mohammed faced many challenges growing up. As a young child, he worked back-breaking jobs to support his sick mother. Not far apart, he experienced the death of his mother and brother. This left him with his other brother who struggled with drugs and alcohol. And eventually, all of this led to Muhammad living on the streets. Still, he pushed forward. Whatever happens in my life, you know, I should just have a positive attitude towards it. Also, just my past life experiences, you know, and being homeless, I think it really just kind of gave me that drive to want to be able to do more with my life or try to achieve more. Positivity, resilience, compassion. These are just a few things even the most well-adjusted adults could learn from Muhammad. Amid the COVID-19 pandemic and the continuous fight for racial justice, now is the time to practice these qualities. Right now, it may feel like life is filled with uncertainty, but to put that feeling into perspective, uncertainty is a frame of mind our foster and homeless youth live every day. From homelessness to foster care, Muhammad's journey continues in this episode. I'm Sharon So, and this is Community Conversations, a podcast by ACH Child and Family Services about the issues our community endures in the face of child abuse. ACH's youth, families, and staff share their stories to illustrate the impact of child abuse in and around Fort Worth. In part one, Muhammad shared how he overcame homelessness with the help of ACH's Youth Emergency Shelter. It's the only one in Tarrant County that provides temporary and immediate shelter for youth ages 10 to 17 years old. Because, you know, at the shelter, you can only stay there for three months. So when I got to my, like, my two-month mark, you know, my two month mark, ACH was just able to help me just, like, make a plan. Like, okay, well, what are you going to do after this, you know? Being 17 at the time, with no family to come forward as a legal guardian, Muhammad was at a fork in the road. Wait to turn 18 and try his luck in the real world or enter foster care and stay with ACH to help him prepare for adulthood. Muhammad decided to stay with ACH. His next move, the Morris program. Turning 18 doesn't magically make you a full functioning adult. So uh, I wasn't a full functioning adult at 18. Um, I don't know about y'all. This is Marcos Wiggins former Morris program supervisor at the time Muhammad transitioned from the shelter. Located in Fort Worth's Wedgwood neighborhood, the Morris program is a transitional living program, or a TLP for short. 
This program serves foster youth ages 14 and up who are unable to live with their families. To paint a picture, ACH's Wedgwood campus has four residential programs that all serve different age groups and populations. These programs were designed to help youth in a home-like setting, something very different than what they're used to seeing. But this one called Morris specifically helps foster youth age out of the system with the skills they need to be successful in adulthood. We see that for any kid in any kind of situation, whether they're in foster care or not, uh, we need a lot of help. Usually you get that from your stable family, whether that's your parents or other caregivers. Um, but for kids in the system, they don't get that luxury. So CPS and ACH saw a need for kids that had high needs in the foster care system. Older teenagers needed a little more help, a little more resources. So Morris was created for that. It's important to keep in mind here that many foster youth have experienced trauma giving them a late start on learning a lot of things you would typically learn as a young adult. We just make sure we provide all the, those kind of resources, whether that's adult living skills, helping them cook, budget, help them get a car. Uh, we help them with education, helping them get a diploma or a GD or getting them into college, making sure they get treatment as well. So we have a nice clinical team that's dedicated to getting them therapy. We do a lot of group therapy type stuff because, you know, we want a well-rounded contributing citizen for our community. So we want to make sure these kids coming from difficult backgrounds are having all their needs met. And with our population, they have a lot of needs because of their difficult backgrounds. Morris does more than just meet the kids' basic needs. We try our hardest to be that child's home. We try as hard as possible to be a family. Family dinners, we try to get everybody to eat at the dinner table. But again, they're typical teenagers. Some days they're down for it. Some days they don't want to see each other. And that's pretty normal in all households. For Muhammad, coming to Morris seemed like the perfect fit. It gave him a family-like setting to live in for a while. It also gave him a chance to make a plan for himself as he transitioned into adulthood. I think it was a, a good transition, especially inside of ACH, you know, since it's all ACH connected. It was like, it was pretty easy, especially since I was able to meet some of the staff or, or, you know, supervisors that worked at Morris, since I already kind of knew them a little bit, you know, told me like what I needed to do and stuff. And then they were always there to help me with it. But they kind of helped me like set a plan. Coming into Morris, it, it especially, it just gives you more freedom. That, that's it, you know, you still have a place to sleep, food to eat, nice suburban neighborhood, you know what I mean? Good school. It's, you know what I mean? It's, it's, a, it's a pretty tight deal for being, homeless what four months ago to you know now you're gonna be living in this nice big house you know it's, it's cool you know what I mean he came in pretty much the smoothest we've ever had a transition from the shelter to Morris because he asked all the right questions he asked what was expected of him so he could come in and just hit the ground running and he did being at Morris you have a, a nice comfortable bed to sleep on you know, and, and you have that security. That's the thing that you like whenever you're homeless is, you know, having that security. Again, staff just always there to help you, which is cool, you know what I mean? Because I do ask them questions about college or different situations that I'll go through and they can, you know, help me. And, you know, and they have helped me. So that, that's cool, you know. I definitely, I gained a lot of knowledge being in ACH, a lot of financial knowledge. And I really just got to rest. Being not, you know, not not just me, you know, I feel like I could speak for all homeless teens that you, you do have to deal with a lot. So coming into ACH and Morris and the shelter, it, it lets you kind of just relax, do your own thing, you know, and build. How Muhammad entered foster care, 
is an anomaly. Most 17-year-olds don't enter the system so close to aging out. The other thing is, entering the foster care system actually helped him off the streets. Coming into Child Protective Services, or CPS care, was his ticket to Morris. In the case of foster youth who have spent the majority of their childhood in the system, it's the opposite. A childhood in foster care could be their ticket to homelessness. They usually do not have a stable, acceptable placement waiting for them. Um, they're usually having to, you know, fend for themselves out there. And when you're a kid aging out of foster care, you really have nobody to help you throughout that process. Um, there's no uncle they can go live with. There's no um, nice apartment that's going to accept them and their application. Um, and if college isn't in their future, then they really are just sitting on the hands kind of thing. So. Can you imagine how filled with anxiety you'd be if you were a foster kid aging out? We know how difficult aging out is. Aging out is a massive beast. I like to call it, I call it a huge storm that's going to happen um, that we've got to prepare for. When 18 starts creeping up, they can put on their nice, I got it all together face, but I know deep down in there, the storm is brewing that I'm about to turn 18. And what turning 18, what that means is it's a confirmation, a reality check that you are no longer a child. And that is a very scary moment for our kids in their lives. A lot of our kids, like a Muhammad, did not get the luxury of being a typical child. Therefore, they try to make up for it at Morse. I don't know how many times we've done go-karting and main event and kid-like stuff with our kids. They just want those experiences. So turning 18 is a the government, the state, and every other person in this world is now seeing them as an adult. And that affirm to them that their childhood is over. Whether it's true or not, that, that's what they think. Um, their childhood is over, and that's a scary reality check. Some have been successful on their own after leaving the Morris program. Others still needed more time with caring adults to become self-sufficient. The best hope for a foster youth leaving a transitional independent living program like Morris is a supervised independent living program, or SIL. ACH has an SIL called The Life Project which serves homeless or foster youth ages 18 to 21 years old. If foster youth choose to go to SIL, they choose to enter extended foster care. This is the path Marcos and those at Morris encourage foster youth to take. To them, it's the next logical step for the young adults who still need a little more help becoming independent. A lot of our kids have been in the system for several years and they're like, you know what? I know, Morris, you guys did what was best for me and did everything I asked, but I just don't want to live in the system anymore. And at 18, they're out. That's okay. That's fine. We want to do what's best for them. They're an adult now, and we will listen to them. We're not going to force anybody to live where they don't want to live, and especially an adult. One of the great benefits is the ability to fail and not crash and burn and be out on the street and homeless. You can make mistakes with a safety net, basically. Here's Nick Little. Transitions Program Manager at the Life Project. You know, I, I kind of look at like the TLP is is the training wheels to adulthood. You know, you're you're learning some of these basic skills, but not being totally responsible for them. Where in an SIL, you're gonna be responsible for your actions and you're gonna be responsible for everything that's happening. In a perfect world, TLPs and SILs work together to build a strong, independent, self-sufficient young adult. You know, having a TLP first really can help build a lot of confidence in those basic skills that you need. 
and then you can move into SIL and focus solely on the other aspects of it. Where when you don't have a TLP, you run into this this dynamic where you have to spend more time on those basic skills. So we we have some young adults that come into SIL and they've never had a job, they don't have an ID or a driver's license, they don't have a bank account, they don't have the basic stuff. So we might spend the first six months to a year, sometimes a year and a half dealing with all those basics, you know, and if they've never had that, it can be time consuming. So when you have a TLP setting or you have that ability to do some of those things up front, they come in a lot more prepared. They come in expecting, it's not as much of a a culture shock, so to speak, where they come in, it's like, holy crap, I've got to, I've got to make my own meals. I've got to budget my own money. Like I actually have my own money. Somebody's not holding that for me. Um, that's a big aspect of it is you can you can start that process in a TLP where they start having their own savings and checkings account. So why is it so important for the community to support these programs designed to help foster youth prepare for adulthood? I mean, the importance of an SIL setting or a TLP setting for society at large is the whole idea of foster care kind of comes to this point where we're trying to break the cycle, essentially. You know, that's you know, the overarching goal when you bring a kid into care is you don't want that kid to perpetuate that cycle and end up in care their whole lives. And then say they have a child and then their child end up in care. Looking at an SIL, we're, we're trying to make, create responsible adults, essentially. We're trying to build those skills in them. And when you have TLPs, when you have SILs that can do that, you ultimately end up making productive citizens um, in the world. The goal is to get them as self-sufficient as possible. So without these kind of programs, the likelihood of, of a young adult moving to drugs, moving to alcohol, moving to, you know, making more poor decisions or getting caught up in, in some of those more um, kind of destructive behaviors is it's more likely. One of the metrics that we look at in SIL is that they lead the program with at least one caring adult in their life. All research shows, you know, if you have a caring adult in your life, you're going to be less likely to fall into some of those behaviors. So having these kind of programs helps helps kind of break that cycle. That's the ultimate goal. Caring adults can truly make all the difference. The importance of building these positive relationships is something we recognize at ACH. And part of that is creating a family-like environment in our residential programs so our kids can feel safe to overcome their trauma and grow into healthy adults. I think that that's a, that's a big role that, that personally played for me being over here that just got me through, you know, being in Morris or being in the shelter was always having people that I'm comfortable to talk with. When Muhammad realized he had supportive adults around him, he showed his appreciation with some special terms of endearment. I think I was grandma for the most part. Muhammad being Muhammad had a family nickname for many of the staff at Morris. Oh yeah, definitely. I, um, I switched the genders on them and I, I think that's hilarious. Um, this is one morning staff and I call her dad, call her pops. I have like a, a whole family over there. I have grandparents, so. And uncle. And there we go. From outside looking in, it looks like Muhammad goes through every day just funny, happy, not a care in the world. And then he'll drop a thanks, uncle, for helping me to a 20 
five-year-old staff member who's a female. Um, it's very weird and funny to hear, but I'm sure deep down he wishes he could say that, you know, Morris family were his caregivers. I know deep down appreciates what we're doing for him. He hasn't felt anything like that in a long time. In addition to a support system, Muhammad learned helpful ways to cope with his past traumas. It, there's some things in, in my personal life that are always going to be there that, you know, kind of dig at me, I guess you could say. But I think I have developed ways of coping with it. I, I meditate and I pray a lot. Um, it's like a daily thing. I started doing yoga. I do it like once or twice every week. I've definitely developed some more healthy ways of coping. Um, I, I used to be a super angry person. I'm like, I'm chill now. Since moving on from Morris, Muhammad felt comfortable to live on his own after aging out. He felt confident as a self-sufficient young adult, which is exactly what ACH was hoping for. This won't be the last we hear from Muhammad. The occasional prank call to ACH staff is always around the corner. Anyone from staff to supervisors to the Director of Residential Services at Wedgwood, Danny Pechtel, is bound to get one. As well as kids were when I know it's him probably calling me, I know it's going to be a fun conversation. He's a good kid. A good kid. I think, I think it was about, like, a pineapple pizza. And I was like, yeah, which apartment building are you in? And he was super confused. And then eventually he, like, picked up my voice. I'm, I'm solid. I don't break character. I was, still, I was still looking for his imaginary apartment. Was it the 132 or the 131? But in everything that's happened, there's a humility, there's a gratefulness. There's a, a good spirit. I don't know how else to describe it. And, and when you're around him, you see that he finds joy. He's going to find joy in whatever he does. But even getting through the tough stuff he's been through, it hasn't changed him from being a positive person. Muhammad is extremely special. He is definitely the type of kid every caregiver and parent wants to raise and take care of um, because he not only is appreciative and understanding and grateful, but he's also goofy and funny and hilarious and an old soul. So he is very wise beyond his years. But yeah, he's crazy determined, very dedicated, very smart. He's forward thinking. He's always thinking about the future and what's in store for him. And above all else, he's incredibly strong and resilient. Even if you didn't know his background, you'd think he's an amazing kid. And then once you do hear his background and his history, uh, you're blown away with what kind of um, young man he's turned into with the little time he's been with ACH. We asked Muhammad where he sees himself in the future. I see myself owning businesses. And then on top of that, owning my own investing firm. I don't know if it could be in the next five years. But hopefully, you know, we could we could always try it. It's going to happen regardless. Um, but I want to try to just open up some sort of charitable organization. Through the COVID-19 pandemic, ACH continues to provide crisis and residential care to youth just like Muhammad. We hope this story has inspired you to consider supporting the shelter and the Morris program with a financial contribution. Visit achservices.org slash donate dash now to make your gift. You can also find that link in the show notes. I'm Sharon So. Community Conversations is a podcast brought to you by ACH Child and Family Services. Written, edited, and produced by Kristen Victorin. 
Special thanks to our staff, Marcos Wiggins, Nick Little, and Danny Pechtel. And of course, thank you to Muhammad for sharing his story. If you like what you're hearing, rate, review, and subscribe to the show. You can advocate for the children in our community by telling a friend about this podcast. We'll catch you next time on Community Conversations.